FM 104's Select Irish with Louise Ty. Select Irish on FM 104 and every week we chat to an Irish at the first gig they ever went to. This week we're joined by Connor from Villagers. What was the first gig you ever went to? First gig I went to was Radiohead uh, in 1997 and uh, it blew my mind. Like my, my brain came out of my head and uh, um, yeah, I was changed forever. I remember just being in the RDS and just watching it from behind a sea of tens of thousands of people and they were like the size of ants to me they were just these these aliens that had beamed down from earth to like you know thrill me so it was a uh, yeah that's an unbelievable experience. one to have as your first gig were you a fan you must have been I was a fan yeah I'd actually spent that, that I'd spent that whole summer basically learning all the songs on guitar oh wow and, and uh, my older brother surprised me with tickets so uh, yeah it was it was pretty exciting did he go with you as well he did yeah but we it was before it was before mobile phones so we he went with me but then myself and my friends we all got lost for a while just wandered around <laughs> sometimes uh, that's the fun part too yeah it was a pretty magic magic day was there anything in particular about the show that stuck with you um I remember uh because they're such a dramatic band, like it was, it was, uh, you know, I was still at the age, I, I, I was like, what was I, 14, 15, 14? So I was still at that age where, where I was really taken in by everything. And I, I remember the moment in the song just when, uh, when Johnny reaches his crescendo and uh, he lets the high note ring out. And I remember the whole back of the stage went pure white. And, uh, and I was just, yeah. Oh, it was like a blown away religious moment for me amazing yeah. at that point had you started music yourself apart from learning their songs S- sorry say that again apart from learning their songs had you already started music yourself at that point um, yeah I'd written a couple of tunes I, the first tunes I wrote I was uh, I think I was like 12 and they sort of sounded like a hybrid of Green Day and mm. The Kinks it was kind of a weird uh Slightly punky, slightly sixties garage kind of vibe, cool. um, but uh, yeah. But then I saw Radiohead, and every, and all my music got really depressing. Well, that's while, okay. So. <laughs> so you got inspiration from all sorts then at that point. <clears throat> yeah, lots of different places. Tragedy comedy. <laughs> so, do you remember your own first gig? Uh, the first gig I played was, yeah. um, I think. Well, I think I busked on Grafton Street once or twice maybe when I was about 14, 15 and then the first gig in a venue was upstairs in Doyle I was probably about 15, 16 and I was playing electric guitar for my buddy David Hederman who we went on to make The Immediate, the band The Immediate but he was, at this stage I was I was too I was too shy to sing so I kind of just stood in the corner and kept my head down and played guitar while, while he, he he kind of pretended to be Lou Reed kind of so um, yeah did you enjoy the experience? I really did. I, I, I remember it being quite thrilling. Yeah, it was, it was, I, I've got a strange mixture of. Um, I, I mean, I still, I still am quite an extremely introverted person, but, but I'm also the, the exact opposite of that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got that. I've got that weird, uh, that weird performers mixture. You know. Is um, it almost like an alter ego that comes out for performance? As, as you get older. Yeah. 
I think, yeah, I think things change when you get older in terms of getting on the stage. Um, you choose your moments a bit more carefully, I think, in, in terms of the, the melodrama. And, and um, the last tour I did with Villagers was actually the best, the best of all of them for me because I just felt like there was no, uh, I wasn't acting or something. There was just, it was just pure, it, yeah, it was just pure feeling. I want to try and continue that, you know. The you next, just enjoyed it. Next round of stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we do. I think we hype things up and if we kind of sit into them a bit more, you kind of enjoy it more, but it's just like you kind of get caught up in yourself, I think, sometimes. Yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's so much, you know, these days with with the internet and all that and everything, there's, there's, there's so much hyping up and there's so much kind of, I guess, emphasis on the more shallow side of things. So it's nice to kind of slow down sometimes with, I think that's a good, a good place to do it in, in music and in art, you know, 100%. and to really let let the, let the, yeah, let the feelings of the song come through. And with that, you have a new album coming out, That Golden Time. It's coming out on May the 10th. So this is the follow-on from Fever Dreams. What was that like to, to put together? It, yeah, it was, um, it was a real labour of love, actually. It was um, Fever Dreams, the previous record, was uh, mostly kind of written alongside a band. Well, at least it was performed with a band. And we kind of jammed the ideas out and then I went back and wrote the songs around the jams a little bit and then we went back and forth. Whereas this one was very kind of, it's very much, a, I guess it's kind of an internal voice. Uh, a lot of the songs are, are quite internalised. So it's, so a lot of it was written alone um, and I really ha- held off from letting anyone in for a long time, mm-hmm. um, which was quite beneficial. I think it kind of created these slightly different kinds of narratives, which uh I'm actually really proud of. I'm really excited for people to hear them. Yeah, you recorded most of it at home, is that right? I recorded um, all of it at home and mixed it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it really yeah. was a labour of love almost. Yeah, or like a problem, I don't know. <laughs> One of those things. <laughs> I um, doubt it was a problem, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. You also have the new song out from the album, That Golden Time. Talk to me about the video that's attached to this song. Oh yeah, it's, uh, the video is by a Slovenian director called Rock Praden, and uh, um, he just sent this beautiful script. He had actually he had actually already sent a a treatment for uh, to villagers back in two thousand and nine when we were doing our first record, and I never picked it. So this so finally after finally after whatever thirteen fourteen years he he got to do a villagers video, but nice. um, really beautiful. Um, animator just incredible um taste and uh basically i told them that the song was kind of about there's a line in the song about the algorithm blues which is kind of about how you know the internet's kind of taking over our brains a little bit and making us think a little bit more simplistically about things and losing all nuance and he just rolled with that with um the album cover and the idea of the moss going towards the flame and it just became this very uh very moving kind of uh, kind of allegorical kind of um, tome. So, uh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy with it. Yeah. I think it's one of my favourite Villagers videos, actually. It really, it really flows with the song for me, you know, because I'm so close to the music sometimes. It's yeah. hard to, hard to get it. Yeah. I can right. imagine. So, cause probably when you're doing the music, you probably have some sort of idea how it should look as well. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He, you have to put faith in video directors, though, as yeah. well, you know because it's, it's just not my domain, so mm. it's an interesting... They know uh, what they're doing, you hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Rock definitely did, yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's absolutely beautiful. So if people haven't checked it out, they need to go and check it out. But also we were chatting about live performances. You're going to be coming to Trinity College Dublin on June 29th as well. I am, yes, 29th of June. Will this uh, be, I suppose, an, a, a way to let people hear the whole new album? Yeah, I, I, I suppose I think we'll be playing the full thing. Um, by then, we'll have done a bunch of shows around Europe and London, so we'll be like a well-oiled <laughs> machine, excellent soft folk rock machine. <laughs> but um, uh, and yeah, we're going to play the full record and, and a bunch of old um, favorites at this stage, I guess. So um, it's the biggest, yeah, it's the biggest filter show we've ever I've ever done, um, which is it's kind of blowing my mind, you know. Um, good, I'm though. really excited. Blowing your mind in a good way, I hope. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Is there pressure to play some of the old songs then as well? Um, I don't see it as pressure. I just, uh, you know, I kind of, a, a lot of the time what we do is we change the songs around. So when I get, when, I mean, I write the songs, but it's called Villages because I feel like, you know, when whoever's playing in the band at the time is is very much a part of the live show you come and see, you know, so... When we rehearse, especially these days when we rehearse, I give the guys a lot of free reign and we just recreate the songs from scratch. Nice. Maybe we change some chords or, you know. So it feels it feels fresh every time. Um, we kind of just use the original tune as a bit of a blueprint. Yeah. That's nice for you. It changes it up each time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Keeping it fresh, you know. There's no nice. point in repeating yourself. Absolutely. So if people want to keep up to date with everything you're up to, where's the best place to go? Uh, well, you can go to wearevillagers.com um, and that shows all the live shows and um, and I'm on all those other social things. I refuse to be on TikTok, though. The record label keeps trying to get me to go on TikTok. And, uh, so they made a TikTok for me and they, and they post on that. So, so that's, that's not me. So there won't be any <laughs> dancing going on then? No, I need, I know, no. And I, I, won't, I won't be showing you what I'm having for, for breakfast. Oh, what a shame. Yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. We'll um, forgive you. <laughs> Connor from Villagers, thank you so much for chatting to us. Thanks, Louise. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.